Now what? Now what? Now what? Now what? Now what? Get it going. Elise, do you please tell me you have the spray now? I don't uh, I don't know where it is. You're all spraying oh without me. Tragic. I will okay. For the next recording, I promise I will the spray is somewhere in the bathroom. I will bring the spray. Mm. I will have it right here so I can. I want to be in this spray club. Do you use the spray? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I but I don't do anything like routine or disciplined. I should, but I, I don't. Other than brushing my teeth, I got that part down. Thank goodness. Right. Routines and disciplines are hard to come by these days. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I know I've been having a hard time getting into a routine with the moving around and, Mm -hmm. you know, then the travel and then the COVID, Mm -hmm. but it's all on the upswing, feeling good. Excited for that new hair color here. I know. Do you like it? Do you like it? Dark. I do. Sassy. It's my sassy winter cut and color. Here for it. it. Yeah. Oh, goodness gracious me. (laughs) I got to shake it off. I got to shake it off today. I want to let you know, you were both with me on my flight back from Florida because I was watching Top Gun for the 8,000th time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But that was good. It's always good. I know. What's your favorite scene? Well, I mean, come on. You know what it is. <laughs> the beach. The beach scene. The beach scene. Top Gun original is the volleyball scene. Mm. Top Gun 2.0 is the football scene. Yeah, that was good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's really good. Oof, I'm hanging out with my friend Tamar Medford. And I'm hanging out with my friend Lane Kennedy. You're hanging out with us, and this is the Now What Society, and Elise Bryson is back in the house with us. I love being Uh, here. I I I, love it. I love it so much. I love it so much. Uh, Today, we're going to walk down the path uh, of spirituality, and a lot of people have asked, written in about the subject of God think there's this, uh, question, like, what does that mean? You know, how do I find it? Where does it come from? What's your past? Uh, and so we thought we would have this conversation with Elise today about God. Because I'm, because I'm so godly. So godly. Well, I think we, we we each have very different backgrounds, right? Mm, With that's true essence. So I think it's going to be a unique conversation Tomorrow, are you with us? You're very busy I, over there. I am. No, I'm definitely with you. I have some little animals that clearly are either. Well, maybe they're praying right now um, <laughs> that are going crazy upstairs. But yes, I I love this conversation because I I love the fact that we all come from different upbringings um, when it comes to our beliefs, right? Um, because Elise, you grew up in the church lane, not so much. I, I was, I dabbled because my parents wanted some alone time on Sunday. (laughs) Right. So that's why I was sent. And there's something to be said about, right. Like, I feel like I found 
organize religion in my sober life. Mm -hmm. Uh, Not that I'm a part of that currently, but there was an awakening around it then. And I, I think it's cool because of the fact that all of us, you know, have found the sober life. And I think it teaches us how to look at things differently. And no matter what your upbringing is, no matter what you believe, working with other women who want to find their G.O.D. or their spiritual connection, higher power, whatever you want to call it, we learn to be a lot more open minded, regardless of what our past beliefs are. You down with G.O.D. Yeah, you know me. <laughs> I was I was like, we got to sing that again. <laughs> so yeah, I was I was with somebody yesterday and we were talking about church. She goes, oh, I'm going to church. And I said, Oh yeah, that's right. You go to church. And she goes, Yeah, I go to church. And she goes, You could always come with me. And I'm like, Yeah, I may do that. She said, But you know, you know, I'm a Jesus freak. And she's and and the way that she said it was so awesome. And I thought, yeah, you're a Jesus freak. Great. Own it. Like super cool. Like I'm a God freak. Okay. I think we all find what we're seeking, but then to actually own it or to be comfortable enough, the way that she said it, she was like waving the flag. Like I'm a Jesus freak. Just, it was so cool to hear her say that. And she is not in recovery. She doesn't need recovery. She's just a little beautiful human soul floating around. She's just juicy with Jesus. Juicy with Jesus. Yeah. And that's, I mean, owning that, Mm -hmm. right? Because I think, and it's interesting because in my situation right now, being somebody who's in that, you know, the LGBTQ community, going to church, trying to seek my, that's right, um, to, if I left any other initials out, I apologize. Um, I don't mean to offend, but to try and seek my home in a church community, because I believe in seeking regardless of what I believe. I believe that, you know, if I go to church, which I do more regularly now, I always hear something I need to hear. Right. And so it's, um, you know, I've had, I've talked to people who are starting to challenge what they believe as a result of what's happening in this world to be more open-minded, to be more accepting. And I think that's super cool, you know, and they're, they're proud to say that they believe. I like that. At least you grew up in the church. Yep. I'm a believer. You're a believer. Are you a Jesus or are you a God? Both. You're both. Is there a difference between Jesus and God? No, not to me. Not to you. In the church, is there a difference? Is there a separation? Um, well, the Holy Trinity, God, the Father, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. But it's all, you know, I love a threesome. <laughs> also, what did I hear the other day? My, <laughs> my sister called me and she was like, what did she say? She was like, I think Jesus was gay. I was like, really? Tell me more. She was like, he had two fathers, the Holy Spirit and God, the father. I was like, oh, Oh. interesting. So, uh, yes, I did grow up in the church. Both my grandfathers were pastors. Uh, my parents met at church in the choir. They still attend that same church 50 years later. Amazing. Uh, yes. Uh, they're still married. Uh, and I went, I went to public school up until 
I was in the third grade. My sister was in kindergarten and my mom really just started to struggle with um, the public school curriculum. Mm. Uh, And she was a teacher in the public school as well. So she started to really uh, struggle with it. That's the point of her life where uh, she was uh, uh, continuing. I've watched my mom's evolution with God and religion and the God of her understanding and Christianity and Jesus and all of that. I've watched that evolve in all kinds of ways over my lifetime. But around that time, she took a job at a private Christian school. So then my sister and I went into the Christian school, which ran up through the eighth grade. So she was my teacher. Plus we were at church seven days a week between church and caravans and school and staying after school. I mean, I just always was in a church wherever I went was in a church. I did actually have to make amends to said church because I stole an enormous amount of vanilla wafers out of the church nursery. So I had to like deliver like a Costco pallet size of uh, vanilla wafers when I made amends. Brilliant. Mm -hmm. Gifts of recovery. I'm mm-hmm. telling you, look at that. Coming yeah, coming yep. back. Yep. And now I do not like anytime I want vanilla wafers in my life, I get them pretty easily, but I pay for them. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, and, and my, my, both my grandfathers were pastors of a Nazarene church, which is in, uh, within the, within underneath the Christian, Christian umbrella. Um, and then probably around junior high, my parents switched for a few years and we started going to a Pentecostal church. My mom was speaking in tongues. It was a very dramatic change for me. Uh, and I really actually loved it. I love, I love worship music. I love it. I love it so much. Even to this day, I love worship music and people speaking in tongues doesn't freak me out in the slightest, not even okay, a little so bit. So let's like, I want to pause right there because I, I, I like, so there's the Christian that's the Nazarene. That's what you're mm-hmm. saying. And then the yep. Pentecostal speaking yep. in tongues that mm-hmm. not Christian, not Christianity. It's still is, Christian. Yeah. It's still Christian. Yeah. Still Christianity. And then yeah. there's Catholicism. I have no experience with Catholicism. See, that's, this is where it just gets. So yeah. I'm like, isn't, aren't we all praying or aren't we all talking to the same God? Mm-hmm. Isn't it the same Jesus, the same Holy spirit. And there's like all these separations the, the Nazarenes, the Pentecostals, the the Catholics, right? Like it, it gets very confusing to the me. Lutherans, the Lutherans, the, right? the, the Methodists. Lutherans. I mean, yeah, I mean, yes, yes. There's so many. I mean, it's not any different. It's not any different. Let's just take Alcoholics Anonymous, right? Yeah, right. Each group is independent. They yeah. all work by similar guidelines, 12 mm-hmm. steps, 12, 12 traditions and the mm-hmm. concepts, right? But you could go to my home group, I'm sure is very different than your home group to somebody else's. I mean, they're all different. Right. So um, I, but, I don't- But everybody's don't studying that... the word of God, right? The yes. Bible. Yes. And different translations of the Bible. Yeah. See, that's where it just gets- I'm just not vibing with it. <laughs> I just, uh, well, I, I, this is for me, it comes down to take what you like and leave the rest behind. Yeah. I guess like, that's what it is. When and- I got to a point that I didn't feel like it was being forced upon me and I was yeah. choosing what I wanted to believe. Mm-hmm. That's what, that was the game changer for me right. when I was being told what to believe. That was a harder pill to swallow. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, not when I was little, when I was little, I was just doing whatever I was told. Right. right. Um, but then teenage years, I was like, I don't want to, I don't want to, whatever. Uh And there was big chunks of time in my twenties. Like I didn't go to church unless I 
did it to make my parents happy christian mm-hmm. uh, christmas mm-hmm. easter mm-hmm. right um but then in my 30s when jacob was in high school we started going to a church very regularly for several years mm-hmm. one of those big mega churches hipster you know i love it yeah so i, I mean it, did you wear your sunday best no it, hipster it was like you could wear jeans and a t-shirt I, a rock t-shirt that's what i'm about that's I don't want like best. at 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 the time. Yeah, well, at the time because I'm somebody who was dressing up back then. I was dressing up for my career right. five to six days Got a it. week, you know, mm-hmm. and and so on Sundays, like yeah, the last thing I wanted to do was dress up. Mm-hmm. I was like, no, Jesus doesn't need me to put on hairspray for him. No, no. and and so when your mom started uh, speaking in tongues, and you were you know therefore watching witnessing this. Uh, did that transform your belief around G-O-D, God? No. I, I mean, I never spoke in tongues that I can remember. I don't, I would, I didn't have that gift, uh, nor did I feel the need to pretend like I had it. It wasn't like that. Mm-hmm. And there were other people in the congregation that were speaking in tongues. I found it comforting. It just didn't, I don't know. I just remember always being comforted by it, but you know, you might get a completely different answer from my sister, same environment, right. three years, three years age difference. As right. it turns out, uh, she, she, according to her, we had wildly different childhoods from her memory to my right. memory. Tamar, have you ever been around people, uh, you know, people that speak in the tongues? No, I haven't. I've only seen that stuff on TV. Um, so nothing I've ever experienced, mm-hmm. but it's, you know, interesting. You talk about, you know, the Bible. For example, my girlfriend was actually ordained as a pastor. And so she has studied um, the Bible. And we often talk about the different versions, right? And how it's been updated and how people are starting to challenge because really it's man's interpretation of it, man, woman's interpretation of it. And I, you know, all these different um, branches, let's Mm -hmm. call them, of religion and different types of religion. Um, there has been modified versions of the Bible. And so I find that very interesting and I'm very inquisitive about that. Um, But like Elise said, right, I take what I need and I leave the rest Mm -hmm. because there is a lot of stuff that has been changed. And that's something that, you know, um, my girlfriend's actually writing a book about right now about the whole LGBTQ um, that, you know, that there's parts in the Bible that have been changed to you know, where it is today. And that really needs to be updated and talked about a little bit more. See, This is where I get a little, eh, right. So we have this book that's been updated by certain, what's the word I want to use groups of people. Uh, they interpret it and humans keep evolving but we're still going back to this piece of literature that that does it really, are we, are we looking at it through the proper lens or it's like, can't we just let it sit there and be a book and we can just appreciate the book instead of updating and trying to make it fit for who we are today? Well, like Lee said, you know, we interpret like her and her sister have different interpretations of what their upbringing was, but they probably saw the same things. Mm-hmm. I think it's the same thing with any book that we read mm-hmm. is we can read something and two different people can take it two different ways, right? It's how we choose to interpret it. And for me, 
that's about if I read something, it depends what kind of mission, like seeking mission I'm on at that time of my life to how I'm going to take it in. And I think a lot of that has to do with our mindset. Like what state are we in today? You know? Such an interesting concept. We have this book that people all around the globe of the Christian faith or Catholic, I thought, you know, that those, well, then there's Lutherans, at least just brought up, right? We're so invested in this, all these stories from hundreds of years ago, thousands of years ago. I don't even know how long ago, how long ago, Lise? Yeah, thousands, thousands, thousands. of years ago, because that's what humans crave learning things via stories. Mm-hmm. And right. I understand that, but why is there a need to change the change it or interpret it as they want to instead of going back to the original interpretation? This is what I don't understand. I've stumped you both. Okay. <laughs> like, am I going around in circles? I mean, I don't know enough about it to have a uh to comment on it. I don't um, but you know, there's another book that I reference on a very regular basis and i would argue that there's some chunks in it that i really wish would be updated because they're really out of date uh-huh. <laughs> so uh and 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 does that mean i'm you know so in that sense i, I don't know i don't i don't know i don't know oh. i don't know either i don't have an answer i'm just i'm always i'm just so curious about why people are st- like interpreting it and changing it. I just, I don't know. I'm well, fascinated by the whole process. And one of the things that, you know, we've talked about before was this, you know, there's affirming churches and there's welcoming churches, right? And so for someone like me to go into a welcoming church, I would be welcomed, but I would be a sinner for an affirming church. I'm welcomed as I am. So that's also interesting, right? Because it's almost like you're deciding to choose, okay, this is what I've grown up believing. I can't accept people for who they are, but I'm going to welcome them until they decide to convert, right? So that's also fascinating. I I don't understand that at all because I thought everybody was a sinner. Like who, and I I didn't know we get a grade which sins are worse than others. Right. Mm -hmm. I don't, I don't think anybody gets to play that. Nobody gets to play God. Yeah. Yeah. I don't get it. Nope. I don't get the welcoming and affirming and who said who, like, again, that's the human placing like a rule. Yeah. It's their interpretation of this book. Like, where does it say that? Like, it's very strange to me. Well, you know, and it comes the other way too. Like my mother, for example, when they sent us off to church when I was younger, it was so they could, you know, get jiggy with it on Sundays. I mean, good for them. You know, I'm clapping, clapping for them. Um, Very creative. But when we started to come home and share, if you drink, you're going to go to hell. If you do this, they're like, "Mm -mm, no. And of course, then I fell into my addiction. And from then on, I didn't believe that there was a God until I found recovery when I was willing to do what it took to live a a healthy life. Um, But my mom today is very, you know, she's kind of tunnel vision when it comes like we can't even talk about God because she still has this like, no, no, they're all the same. And that's not true either because I know some people who are Christians 
who are very open-minded, who are very open to talking about somebody else's faith, what they believe, and are very accepting of that too, right? So it kind of, it goes both ways. It depends really on your experience, I think. Mm -hmm. And I was jaded for a long time. I mean, I thought, if there's a God, why do I have to go through all this stuff? Now I realize that if there was no higher power, I'd be dead. Yeah. That was a big eye opener for me. I'm like, oh. So for both of you or for Elise, I mean, you had this relationship with a God. Mm-hmm. And when you were drinking and using, you had that relationship with the G-O-D. Yes or no? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And then after you stopped drinking, that relationship was built again or like what how did it evolve i guess um i would say that when i was in my cups or in my addiction uh god was always there but it was a lot more of me treating god like santa claus like i'll i'll do this if you'll do this like some kind of like i can somehow barter with god or you know make deals with god um and uh I had several different like burning bush moments throughout my drinking and drugging years for sure. Um, But I had a pretty significant one. um, The day that I decided to quit drinking um, where God was like in the car with me and Mm. and it was very real to me. Um, And I haven't had a drink since that day. And, and not everybody gets a big burning bush experience like that. Some, some people it it comes in in a different way. Um, And it's not like I can command burning bush experiences to be clear. Um, But uh, wouldn't that be so cool? Oh my gosh. Is there an app for that? I would like an app for that. Um, Mm -hmm. I bet I want it, you know, and I, but I do have, I, you know, I've had a lot of, uh, spiritual experiences of the nature that I, I, there's very few people I have talked to about my experiences in great detail because, (laughs) excuse me, I think they either wouldn't believe me or they Mm -hmm. would think that I'm batshit crazy. Mm -hmm. So, uh, and I don't, I don't need to argue with my truth with people like that. So, um, uh, but my relationship now is much different. I don't treat God like Santa Claus. Mm -hmm. Right. That's not, it's not, I don't think that's, I evolved past that point. So if you don't treat your, if you don't treat your God, like a Santa Claus, what does that look like now for you? Well, uh, I'll give you a recent example. I recently was gifted this amazing cruise to go on a Bahama cruise. A friend had won it and she couldn't redeem it and it was going to expire. So she gifted it to me. And I mean, doesn't that sound fabulous? 11 days, 11 days Mm -hmm. in the Caribbean, six Mm -hmm. different ports, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know, all expense paid. But, uh, you know, once you got through all the red tape and the change fees and the taxes and gratuities and la, 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 um, it ended up being, you know, a chunk of money that I didn't have necessarily budgeted and it was going by myself, which is fine. I like traveling by myself, but I've never traveled international. Mm. So traveling internationally by myself was that, how did I feel about that? I've never been on a cruise mm-hmm. and I understand some people love it, but some people are like, hell no. Right. Mm-hmm. And so an 11 day cruise, pretty aggressive, right. For, 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 so I, I looked, I, I gathered all the information. I did everything I needed to do to make my pro 
pros and cons list and it was pretty equal. And I was like, you know what? Why am I the one making this decision? I got to give this up to God and God will make it clear what I'm supposed to do. Uh, and hopefully it's within the time that I need to do it. Uh, and usually if I don't have an answer, then my answer is no until I get an answer. And the next morning I woke up and it was very clear to me not to go. I didn't know the reason why, just very clear. You're, you're not supposed to go on this trip. So was and that was like, like a feeling or did you hear something or like, in the, I have heard things in the past. Yeah. Um, this was, no, this was, I intuitively in my gut, the right thing to do was not to go. Yeah. And, um, and as fun as that trip would have been and, oh my goodness, you know how many Instagram reels I could have made? Like so many. <laughs> Um, and like, I love hotel life. So I thought I was thinking I would totally love cruising. Right. Like, yeah. you know, like, yeah. but I was like, that's the answer. Simple. I'm go simple. And yeah. I don't, I don't fight it anymore. That's the difference. I don't yeah. fight it anymore. I learned to lean into that, that, that thing on my inside that I believe is connected with, with the God of my understanding. Mm -hmm. Tamar, how do you feel, or how do you know that your higher power is, uh, with you or speaking or giving you direction or guidance or an answer? I feel like Elise said it's that intuition, right? It's that knowing that there's no resistance because okay, give an example, just give I'm, an example. I'm thinking about relationships, for example. Okay. <laughs> I would often, I pray a lot, right? And it's like, Hey, God show me like, am I supposed to be in this relationship or not? And in the past, I would continue to get signs that were looking back now, pretty obvious that probably shouldn't be in this relationship. Right. It's like um, that the the story about, you know, somebody being stuck on their roof and there's a flood, you know, and God sends a boat and a whatever. And it's like, no, I'm waiting for God to save me. Yeah. Well, you know, God's sending you all these messages. So I feel like for me, when I pray for guidance, I, if I start to step forward, things start to happen for me. Like I was just recently exiting out of a relationship and things started to go sideways. And, you know, my living situation was jeopardized. I had to make some very quick decisions, but that wasn't done lightly. And I talked to people, I prayed about it and things just started to line up. And in my life, when I start to feel that resistance, like when it's something that I really want to do, and it's not meant to be done, I feel the resistance. Like if I want to purchase something, for example, right? If I want to buy a new car, I am, might be excited for it. It seems like a really good idea. But when I sleep overnight and I pray about it the next day, I, I, I know it's not always the answer that I want, but it's always the answer I need. And so I find that I have to feel like feel for that resistance. I have to stay still and I have to wait one day, typically, if I'm going to make any big decisions. Right. And so that's how I can feel because things start to line up and it's, you can't explain it. You know, things start to happen that just, it's like, you know, I think I shared the story when one of my old mentors questioned me about my humility. And then I was like, I'm the humblest person I know. And I went to church on Sunday and there it was humility up on the board, right? And everything started to happen that started to challenge <laughs> my definition of humility, which was not very humble. So <laughs> since then, more mindful, right? What about you, Lane? Like, how do you tap in to G-O-D? Uh, you know, I could be 
taking a walk. Uh, I could be sitting in my chair. I could be meditating. I could be cooking. A lot of times things will happen when I'm cooking. I just, I hear a really clear message. Uh, when I teach, I can channel it. I can, I can, it's, it's, it's a feeling and it's a whisper that comes through me. Um, and it's taken a long time to trust that. A long time. Um, because I thought I was like really, you know, like what, what is this? What's happening? What, what I don't understand. And it's not until, you know, the last maybe five years where I've really just embraced it and accepted it. And like, I, I wouldn't even talk about it before. I just was like, eh, I'm going crazy. This is great. This is a sign. <laughs> My alcoholism is active. I'm in trouble, <laughs> but I've had too many, uh, experiences now to know that that is like a divine presence in my life. Mm -hmm. and so now I try to nurture that relationship because it's, it is a relationship. I'm in relationship with this power, this essence. Um, and so I want to work towards being able to hear that more and being open to hearing it because let's face it. Like I have a 13 year old, I'm super busy. Like I have human like desires that I want to get shit done. Um, but that like God presence is constantly reminding me to just slow down, mm -hmm. take it easy. Uh, mm -hmm. And I'm so much happier when I actually listen, you know, like, yes. oh yeah. Like just have a sit and I'm like, oh yeah, I needed to do that. <laughs> like, hello, wake up. Yeah. It's yeah. Good. I love that. I love that. Mm -hmm. Um, I was going to say too, you know, going to a service a few weeks ago about God's will, right? Because a lot of people are like, what, what is like, what am I supposed to do with my life? Um, which, you know, we help people see that through what yeah. we do, but there was part of there that talked about suffering, right? That mm -hmm. sometimes our God's will is, you know, allowing us to move through suffering, you know, the stuff that I went through a few months ago, but still being able to look forward to what I'm meant to do, like what my purpose is on this earth, right? What is God's will for me is being able to walk through that stuff and not give up and say, well, screw this and go back and pick up that first drink. Like even through all the stuff that I've been through over the last 10 years of my sobriety, Nothing has been that bad that I actually grabbed a drink and took a sip. There's been times I've thought about it, but I believe that, you know, when we have faith in some sort of higher power, creator, energy, whatever you want to call it, it helps us move through stuff. Like we can get through anything. Elise? Anything, anything. We can get through anything. Mm -hmm. And we don't have to do it alone, right? I, um, last week, uh, a gal in my life that I am mentoring was going to her first concert sober. Okay. First concert sober. And a couple other people have been like, oh, you should not go there. You're not ready. It's too soon. Ugh. And I was like, no, go like, this is what you got sober for. But guess what? You can take God with you. And, uh, she refers to God as Greg. 
So I was like, you know, you could take Greg. <laughs> Greg can go. And she was like, it was like news flash to her. She was like, really? I was like, yeah. She's like, I'm not even giving him enough time to pick out what to wear. I was like, I think it'll be okay, right? I think he's a last minute, can roll with last minute decisions. I'm pretty sure. And if it would make you feel better, like my higher power can be in multiple places at the same time. So if you want me to send in mine, like I'm happy to do that. If you feel like you need the reinforcement, if you and Greg aren't enough, right? And do you have an exit plan? And do you have, uh, you know, a strategy? And do you have a buddy? And like all these things. And guess what? And then, I, and then I ended with, and why don't you, when you're there, why don't you see how you can make somebody else's night at this concert better? She had an amazing time. She had an amazing time. Of course she did. Yes, of course she did. Because she, she went in fully prepared. And if she, was she with had Greg, met, and she had Greg, <laughs> and Greg looked at her. It worked out, right? So, mm-hmm. um, so it, it's not always as easy and as clear cut and as magical as that, right? Yeah. Like she could have still done all those things, and something bad could have happened, or it could have been a bad night, right? But the fact is, like, we're free to go anywhere. Yeah. And we can take, we can tap into our higher power, God, Jesus, whatever it is that you mm-hmm. call that, mm-hmm. that thing that's outside of yourself, we, it can go with us anywhere and into all situations if we let it. Mm-hmm. And I, and the way I used to roll was I only let God into the bad situations or the ones <laughs> I needed help with, mm-hmm. but all the ones that I was like, no, nobody, I got this one. Don't you worry about it. No, I have to take God into all situations now, all of mm-hmm. them. Mm-hmm. God really loves the sale at Nordstrom. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I mean, obviously, but obviously, you know, that I think that was one of the most profound things that when I finally had that belief in a higher power again, was that there's something really peaceful about knowing a, that you're not in this world alone and you don't have to control the show. And B, I have never felt like I was alone in this world since that point. There are times I felt lonely but then I'm usually not doing what I should be doing, which is helping somebody else being of service, right? I'm starting to, you know, be the, become the general manager. I'm dabbling back into that role. Um, but yeah, I've never felt alone since going, yeah, there's, there's an HP. Mm-hmm. So I have, just to let people know that you can still walk a path of recovery and walk a path of living a life, even if that feeling of connection disappears, Mm -hmm. because I will guarantee you it will disappear. Mm -hmm. And there's nothing that can get you ready for that. Uh, And there's nothing like, I couldn't have somebody guide me through that, right? I just had to keep walking. And thank God I'm like stubborn and I have that like little rebel inside who was mm-hmm. like, I'm going to, this is going to, everything's going to be okay. I can and yeah, see. I, right. I got super crispy. Right. And really angry. Um, but I was, you know, self determined to achieve in my life. You know, in that period of time, I achieved a lot mm-hmm. and I made a lot of money and did a lot of amazing things. But there was, for me, inside my heart wasn't warm and glowing. Uh, 
it, it was just a different time in my recovery. Uh, and I didn't, it's like, you don't know what you don't know. Mm-hmm. I just don't know. You just don't know. And I don't, it's like that saying, I didn't even understand that saying until this last year in my recovery. Yeah. So it's taken me 25 years to understand that saying, which is freaking crazy. <laughs> time takes time. Time takes time. <laughs> Bringing it back to time takes time. And there has to be that constant seeking. Mm-hmm. Right. I think there's that. Yeah. Just that not giving up, just continuing to take one, one little step forward every day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. G-O-D. I have a question. Okay. Elise has it. a question. <laughs> Bring it. Um, I've had a couple of people in my life recently that have gone through really hard things. Mm. Uh, loss of a loved one. Mm-hmm. Uh, being violated. And so my question is, how how do you stay connected with God when big bad things happen? I think it's perspective. Right? Like changing perspective of like for me it was everything is spiritual. Everything is of that power everything on the planet every moving object is spiritual and so when i kind of wrap my head around that you know the war um the wars plural 911 uh people dying um husbands cheating um you know, like every, every single thing has to become about God and the experience that I have to go through to evolve as a human being. When I had that shift in perspective, it it was, it was like an, it's just an awakening, right? So you know, I get this, I get this question a lot when I'm mentoring, it's like, well, what about the kids that are starving? You know, what, like, there's no God there. I'm like, well, there is, if, if you see the world as all God, it's like, oh, yeah. And for myself, Oh, go ahead, Lane. No, I was just going to say, it's not easy to swallow that. It's not easy to take no. that on because people, people go, oh, well, there's a, there's a God of darkness. You know, there is a God of evilness, right? And it's again, a perspective or belief in how you want to live in the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and I think that, you know, you mentioned the starving children, because I used to be one of those people um, mm. prior to recovery that would be like, yeah, well, if there was a God, this wouldn't happen. That wouldn't mm-hmm. happen. Mm-hmm. Um, but sometimes like I look at everything in life as a lesson, everything that happens, right. There's something that I can learn from that. Like mm-hmm. I've had loved ones pass away and it, you know, at the time you're like, well, they, you know, that person's a good person. Like the bad things should not happen to good people. But when I looked back at that, it's like, what can I learn from that? Well, maybe there's things I'm taking for granted. Maybe there's loved ones that I'm not reaching out to enough. Um, people that I'm not telling them, I love them. Like there are things that 
I believe I need to do to maintain that spiritual connection and be of service. And sometimes I forget that because life gets really good and we just start to settle into this comfort of having food on our, our, our plates, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. having a roof over our heads, mm-hmm. yep. you know, like the starving children thing, you know, my, I remember my mom used to say, eat everything on your plate. They're starving mm-hmm. children. Well, it's, you know, okay. I need to appreciate this food on my plate, but what am I doing to, con- what am I doing to help? It's almost, it, I, I feel like it's almost a way that our GOD brings awareness to us and yeah. more humility. Yeah. Because we're, we can be very selfish beings, myself included. Like, you know, when I want something, uh, you know, a screamer, which is a slushy and ice cream, I mean, you know, I go out and get it. And that's, that's a gift to be able to do that. I just, on that note, I, I do want to let you know when I saw that photo on Instagram, I did scream about your screamer. <laughs> I did because I wanted one and I don't know where to get one, but I wanted one. Canada, we've got all the good things. Oh, Canada. Yep. God was like, you Canadians, you're pretty happy. There's so a good. Lucky. Yep. But yeah, that's, you know, that's what I think is that it teaches us to look at things differently. Yeah. Perspective. Like you said. G-O-D. Yeah. In the pocket. Yeah. Elise, anything you want to add to that? No, I just started in my head again. You down with G-O-D? Yeah, you, yeah, you know, know me. me. <laughs> I don't think that's how Naughty by Nature intended those lyrics to go, but. <laughs> they could change. I mean, maybe they've, you know. Yeah. You know yeah. where you can find the G-O-D uh, is in breath work. Yes. I thought for sure you were going to say Costco. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you can find it in Costco too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But there's a direct fast line, right? Boom. Into the veins <laughs> through breath work. Yeah, no, I agree with that. Yeah. I feel like when you find geo, you have to lean into your GOD in Costco. That's more of uh, um, being able to maintain my spiritual fitness. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. yeah. let me tell you, I don't do Costco. Oh, but Costco does you. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my God. So yeah, we're having a uh, breath work in the community. If you haven't joined the now what society, I want to welcome you to take that invitation. Just jump on in and jump into a breath work uh, class where you can find that essence of God. Tamar, how was the class? I felt like I was having this out of body experience. Like I was levitating. Mm-hmm. My whole body felt numb. It was like I was on ecstasy. I'd shared that with you in another class that I went to when I was down in San Fran. And it was, just, I couldn't explain it any other way than it was like I was on ecstasy. Yeah. That's well, the- that's the way to market it. I'm like, sign me up. <laughs> right? I was like, everything. I tell this addict twice. I'm, like, I'm warm. I am warm, but I'm like, there's cool air coming mm-hmm. out of my body. Mm-hmm. Yeah. so check out the now at society uh if you want to join us on an episode you can reach out Uh, there's that big orange button in the upper right hand corner Mm -hmm. elise bryson i'm loving you so much ah right back to you uh ladies i just love coming every time you. you invite me it's my answer will always be yes i don't know how much i brought to the conversation today but 
I do love God. I, I love, love God. God. That's it. I do love God. <laughs> I am juicy with Jesus and I do love God. I love it. Tamara, thanks for hanging out today. It's been a lot of fun. We'll see you guys all next time.